Stewart's Cubs cave parties. Everybody's in for giving back to those in I am dreaming of 400 free beers. 400 free beers are going to be given away at the Club 400 tent this summer at spring training with Jason Peters, man. So uh, I have not heard a word you've said since you announced 400 free beers. You know, I'll be there. I, I woke up on a Saturday pretty, uh, you know, had a fun Friday night, let's put it that way. And I said, hey, man, I want to give away 400 beers at spring training. Now, what I'm hoping for is, like, one guy doesn't come and drink 20. We're trying to give right, free beers right. to, obviously, as many Cub fans as we can. Obviously, you have to be 21. But, yeah, um, that was just some wild thing I came up with. Nice legal plug there. That worked out well. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Well so, uh, But, yeah, stop by the tent. We'll be between the Under Armour Center and Sloan Park. Pretty close to the Sloan people over there. Steve's Dreams is also over there. And... Uh, JP, get ready because you got a lot of work to do, man. And we're going to give out Club 400 koozies too. So, nice. but speaking of that, we are, we're setting a record tonight for most guests. Yes, we had to get podcast. headphones out, extra microphones out, and uh, this is going to be a good one. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Uh, last year we had Randy Hunley over at Club 400, and I made an announcement there. Just it was just off. Like I just thought of it there, pretty much. Eric wasn't around, but I said. I actually gave Randy Hunley a $1,000 check to hold me and Eric a spot for the uh, Randy Hunley Fantasy Camp. And last year, me and Eric uh, went down there and fulfilled the dream of mine. And uh, Eric is on the podcast tonight. What's up, E? Yo, yo, yo. What's up, Eric McVicker. Wow, like it's for his debut on the mic. It's like know? a dream for all of us. That's <laughs> awesome. Good to have you. So, yeah, Eric's going to be with us tonight. Um, and um, we're going to have our special guest who's called in. We're going to call this episode The Veteran and, and the Rookie. So we got the veteran on the line here, a great guy that I got to meet through Club 400 and also went to fantasy camp with them last year. He's helped me out. He was he actually drove Joe Pepitone all around uh, for the last event, which I thought was uh, had to be. He's, he actually said, I never heard the F-bomb so many times in my life in my car. So, nice. uh, so And we got to hang with him at Cubs convention, too, a little bit. So yeah, exactly. Cool. So the veteran, Mike Gamal, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, Stu. Eric, everybody, good to talk to you. Yeah, it's great to talk to you. And obviously, you just got back from fantasy camp. But before we go into that, uh, Tell everybody about because you're a passionate Cub fan. You go to the Cubs convention. You go to many Cub games. You're a part of the Cubs community. So, Mike, okay. how did you become a Cubs fan? Yeah, so I grew up in Racine, Wisconsin, and I'm a generation kind of before a lot of you guys down there in Club 400. So I grew up with the, the Cubs in the 60s, and that was before there were Brewers. So even though I was growing up in Racine, Wisconsin, the Cubs were literally my local team. And the beauty of the day games was I could get home from school, hop off the bus, and catch the last four or five innings of either Jack Brickhouse calling the game on WGN or Lou Boudreau and Vince Lloyd calling it on the radio. So, you know, I grew up with Santo, Kessinger, Beckert, and Banks. All those guys were my first team. And even though once the Brewers came along, I certainly wanted them to do well, especially when they were in the American League and there was no direct conflict. But as everybody that's listening to this podcast and clubs to, comes to Club 400 knows, once you get the Cubs in your blood, there's nothing's going to shake it loose. 
Oh yeah, it's, I mean yeah, it's exactly. You got it in your blood, and uh, yeah. So tell us about. Uh, are you a season ticket holder or? I, I am a, I am a season ticket holder. I'm on my second go around as a season ticket holder. When I moved down to Chicago in the '80s to go to grad school, I got season tickets from '86 through '90. Um, so got to be at the well, the, literally the second night game. We all know because of the rain out and the All Star game that was held there and all that. And then just recently, now that my kids have gotten older, I'm on my second go around as a season ticket holder. So I'm a, I guess I'm a two time season ticket holder. Yeah. So you have to, and you and you live in uh, where, where you live at in Milwaukee. I'm in the I, I, up up in Madison. I'm oh. about two and a half. It's about two and a half hours if traffic isn't too bad from my door to the Toyota lot. She's on. That's a Cub fan that make you know. I got we get players that you know people that don't want to come out here from Chicago. This guy goes like two and a half hours to Wrigley Field. That's awesome, Mike. Thanks, so Stuart. we've had a uh, Jack Brickhouse name drop, and we haven't even introduced our fourth guest yet. Oh yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, he's our rookie. He's the rookie. He's the rookie. He's going to be sharing his experiences. Eric Hartman, what's up, buddy? Hey, hey. Eric is in the house today. Came in uh, for the studio straight, Club Four Hundred, straight so. from Randy Hunley Fantasy Camp. Yeah, wow. exactly. So uh, we'll talk to Eric about his uh, well, his diversionization at Fantasy Camp this year. But this podcast, I really wanted to uh, talk about Randy Hunley's Fantasy Camp, and being that it just ended last week. You know, me and Eric had the opportunity to go last year, and I really didn't know anything about it except that you 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 play a lot of baseball. You know, so I went because there wasn't a lot of information online. So I want to share with the listeners about what is Randy Hunley's fantasy camp, and that's one of the reasons. Oh, Mike, yeah, that's one of the reasons why I brought Mike on. So, uh, but before we do that, Mike, I wanted to throw this in before we get into the fantasy camp stuff. You also have a, a, a charity. Can you tell us about that? I sure can, Stu, and thanks for giving me the forum to talk a little bit about it. So in 2010, unfortunately, we lost our son, Joey. He uh, had a really terrible form of epilepsy, uh, and he died just short of his fifth birthday. And in a previous life, before I uh, went into the corporate world, I used to work in the music business. I worked at a club here in Madison. For those of you that are familiar with Chicago, that's very similar to the Park West down in Chicago, about a thousand seat venue. And we usually got bands on the way up or on the way down is how I referred to it. So in the 80s, we had U2 and John Cougar and Pat Benatar as they were coming up, or we'd get bands like, you know, Rare Earth and James Brown, some of those bands on the decline in their career. So I had some, you know, connection to the music business. And after Joey passed away, we kind of decided as a family, we needed to do something to help the next family. Cause there's lots in, I, you know, if you go to the website, www.joeysong.org, Joey song with two S's in the middle, uh, you can see a lot of the story. So I won't go into that now, but we raise money through concerts and CDs that we release from artists. And we have a fantastic pool of artists. And I'm going to tie my charity with Randy Huntley's fantasy camp here for a second, Stu. If, if you, We'll talk a little bit later about the pool of coaches that Randy pulls from. Well, we have a pool of artists that help us. Some can make it to some events, some contribute songs. So the guys in Cheap Trick, the guys in R.E.M., Garbage, the old 97s, the Jayhawks, uh, the country band Montgomery Gentry, Roseanne Cash, lots and lots of folks have appeared at our events or contributed songs to our CDs. And in the eight years since Joey died, we've raised uh, $250,000 that we've contributed to uh, epilepsy research and 
uh, respite care for special needs kids. And we're planning our December concert up here in Madison. And I'm sure I'll use your uh, Club 400 network to get the word out. And it looks like we're going to have some of the members from Garbage, some of the members from Cheap Trick, and some of the members from REM uh, all coming up oh, for okay. our concert. They play uh, songs for us, and it's a it's a it's a really great event. But the idea is really, we as a family want to raise some money so that the next family behind us that has a kid with special needs like Joe, their path can be a little bit easier, their cure can be a little bit sooner, and the treatments be a little bit more plentiful. That's all, that's great, Mike. And uh, what was that concert again? Well, it's going to be. We're looking at so one of the. Uh, let's say challenges of doing this is you're trying, I'm trying to work around the touring schedule because other than REM, all those bands I mentioned are still touring. And so, you know, they're usually about six months. We usually have it the first or the second weekend weekend in December. And right now we're penciling in, we've got a lot of holds on that first weekend. So whether it'll be Friday, Saturday, Sunday, there's a, there's a lot of moving parts, but it'll be that first weekend in December up here in Madison. It's a club called the Sylvie. We got 2,500 tickets to sell, and my goal is to sell every damn one of them. Well, that's awesome, and we will help you promote that as much as possible. And uh, I love the the music, and that's why club is called Club 400, because I, I love music and baseball, so it's kind of a combo with the bowl. So <laughs> I'm very passionate with my music, and I'm hoping that Mike decides to fly out to spring training this year because he's thinking about it. And, he, right. and the Innings Festival, which is going to be held out there, it has Eddie Vedder playing on Sunday night, has a lot of the bands that you worked with in the past, correct? That's right. So a couple of the bands, uh, the band Guster, uh, uh, kind of a cool band from Vermont, is playing as well as the Baseball Project. And for those of you that don't know the Baseball Project, that is Mike Mills and Peter Buck from R.E.M., along with Steve Wynn, who was in the 80s band, The Dream Syndicate. And they literally have three albums out all about baseball. Every song on it is about baseball. And I and they've actually played a concert in my driveway. So I had two thirds wow. of R.E.M. Uh, playing in my driveway two summers ago. And they're playing at that, that festival as well. So I am getting a lot of pressure from Stu to make sure that I book some airfare and come out and see some baseball and some music. I mean, you can't, you can't, you know, like that weekend, if you're coming out to Mesa, there's just, I mean, you have that to look forward to on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, that's just a total bonus. And I know a lot of the Cubs front office and a lot of Cub players will definitely be there uh, to see Eddie Vedder on Sunday. So absolutely. Yeah, Mike, so, if you make it out, I'll, I'll, I'll tag along. I'll go. Right, let's I'll do deal. It. Okay. I'm in. Dude, that's Fair a good, that's, that's Hey, if like, Eric, Eric Hartman comes, you know, it's a damn party, you know, I mean, <laughs> I mean, well, you know. and so just to tie the two things together, Stu, Eric was two lockers down from me at Cubs camp. So Eric and I, are, uh, are not getting together for the first time on this phone call. Yeah, actually, yeah, I, I was telling him about that and because he didn't even know that you're, you were the guest tonight. So we are actually like, you know, blind dating you guys here a little bit. But uh, <laughs> so, I, Mike, I want you to kind of go over like if I, if you if you don't know what Randy Hunley's fantasy camp is, I would like you to give a good description of what to expect when you get off the plane. Sure, absolutely. So if you ask Randy himself, what his vision 35 years ago of fantasy camp was, it's to give chuckers like you and both Eric's that are on the phone the opportunity to experience a week at spring training more than anything else. So the idea is to recreate it as much as possible. 
And so Randy literally lives by that motto. So his idea is you come in Sunday night and he and Lori, who is uh, his assistant on this, try to balance out the lineups. There's eight teams every year and you kind of play a round robin tournament Monday through Friday, two games every day, Monday through Friday. And they try to keep the teams as even as they can. But you, you know, you literally take a little BP, you shag some flies, they balance the team out so that the few catchers are dispersed across the team and the few first basemen are and so on. And then, you know, once you've met your teammates and your coaches who are all former clubs, many of them, almost all of them, all stars and award winners. And every once in a while, a Hall of Famer like my first year, Ryan Sandberg was there for a couple of days. Stu and Eric, you know that Kerry Wood was there last year along with Fergie, who is here again this year, Fergie Jenkins. And then it's folks like uh, Bull Durham and Jody Davis and Lee Smith. I'm trying to think of all the coaches throughout the year, the Russell brothers, you know, names that any Cub fan uh, is going to know. Those guys are your coaches and they coach two of them coach your team as well as coaching the other team. So throughout the week, you'll play two baseball games every day, seven inning games where, you know, you'll take the field, you, you know, there's umpires calling balls and strikes. There's, you know, safe and out. It's all it's all the straight up rules of baseball. Uh, you'll you'll play your heart out for you. It will be the biggest baseball game many of us have played in about 20 years. Um, but you'll play it in an atmosphere that is a really great combination of both competitive and congenial. Right. Everybody's cheering you get to be friends with these people at camp and it happens very quick and if you end up going multiple times uh you know there's facebook pages where we all communicate during the off season as well and you get to know a lot of the people on the other team so while you're trying to win you also want everybody else to have their moment you want them to get that base hit you want them to catch that pop up you want them to make that play now you want to win because at the end of the week, there's a little advantage to winning. But it's a really great combination of both competitive, but not so competitive that people are getting on your case when you boot that ground ball or you miss that pop up or, you know, you, you get that swinging third strike. So it's a great, you know, literally it's 10 baseball games in five days and then it's all capped off. And there's activities during the night. You do a barbecue with all the coaches, you take your coaches out to dinner one night, you eat lunch with all these former, and they'll tell you, don't call them pros, because even minor leaguers are pros. You got to refer to these guys as major leaguers. That's one way to get scolded if you refer to them as pros, because they say, no, 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 we're major leaguers. But you eat lunch with these guys, you get to know them, and then it all pays off on Saturday when you play as campers a game against the major leaguers in Sloan Park. So you take the field. Wayne Mesmer comes out, sings the national anthem. Uh, Jim Volkman does the introductions for you. You get a chance to tip your cap to the crowd. You get a chance to be standing on the baseline when Wayne sings the national anthem. Then you strap on your shoes, and and this you get the major leaguers pitching to you, um, which is quite a thing. This year I had Ray Burris pitching to me, and I've known Ray for a couple years And so Ray and I are friends. So Ray made sure I looked extra foolish by throwing me three straight curveballs that I did not get within about seven feet of him. Same. Uh, Yeah. As as a matter of fact, here's my one my one story about Ray and I know each other well enough. And I think, as Mr. Hartman will tell you, he was a few steps off of the mound. So he was pretty close. So you could hear him talk. And as Ray's going into his windup, he says to me, Michael, here comes the old snapdragon. 
and throws me a bender that probably started three feet over my head and dropped across the plate two feet below my feet. And Todd Huntley, who was catching, was laughing so hard I thought he was going to fall over. And Ray just kept throwing him to me and laughed the whole time. It's just I could I could fill your hard drive as you're recording this with stories of my many years at camp where you have just those little moments. Right. I'll remember that forever. I'll remember the diabolical laughter on Ray's face uh, as he made me look like I had never swung a bat before. Ray Burst, one of the best two-time Club 400, hopefully annually. But uh, So, yeah, guys, we're talking 10 games in five, ga- five days, seven inning games. So you're playing 14 innings a day. And the rosters are small, so you're playing. You are playing. You're not sitting on the bench. Randy wants you to go there and play. And another thing I thought, I will back up for a second. When you go to this camp, you fill out a lot of paperwork. They ask you what your favorite position is, your second, third, fourth. So they try to they try to put a team together. So they actually do their homework. They actually care, and they try to do the best job they possibly can do by putting this together. And then you got to get uh, physically released from your doctor to do it. And then uh, the coolest thing is they actually take real measurements for your uniform, like measurements. This is not small, medium, large. They're actually taking measurements. And I'll tell you one thing, and Eric knows it as good as anybody. When we walked in and we saw, and you too, Eric, uh, when you walked in and you see your uniform in the locker and you put it on and it's it fits you like, I was like worried that my uniform wasn't going to fit, you know, but uh, it, it was unbelievable. It was um and you put it on. Me and Eric were so mad because we were the away team for like three days in a row, and we just wanted to put the home home ones on, you know. But uh, I'll tell you what, man, um, it's a wonderful experience. You you better be in shape. But I gotta go back to uh, recently, me, Eric, and Eric McVicker and Hartman. We'll call him Hartman and McVicker. So we went to Randy. Uh, we went to actually Kyle Schwarber's golf tournament, you know. Down in Florida for, uh, you know, Kyle Schwarber had a great event out there, and we golfed 18. And uh, so Eric tells me, hey, man, I really want to go to fantasy camp. And I said, hey, I'll call it in for you. So I call Lori, and he, she's like, oh, there's, the, there's a waiting list. There's, uh, it doesn't look good for him, you know. So Eric, go ahead. What happened? You saw him at the bar at Kyle Schwarber's golf tournament. and Yeah, so at the, uh, at the golf outing, at the end of the golf outing, so I, one of my good friends, Tim Schmack, he – he was irritated. He's like, I'm, I'm going back to the, the hotel. You know, everyone was going out that night. I'm like, Sergeant and Bobby are, De Niro are in the bar. I'm going to go hang out with those guys. I don't want to hang out with you guys. I want to hang out with them, you know. <clears throat> so I went in, bought him a couple drinks. And uh, as it turned out, you know, Sarge goes, I like you. You're in. He's like, he, Bobby played the, my phone didn't work. And, yeah, right. right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Sarge, Sarge gets on the phone. He goes, hey, Lori, put him on. Put him on. Uh, Bobby's and my team will take them. So, uh, so Sarge, I told him I was like number five on the waiting list. So rumor has it when I got down there this, this week, this last week, Sarge came up to me, he goes, you owe me, buddy. He goes, you were number 35 on the waiting list. <laughs> so, uh, so Mike, you appreciate that. That's pretty cool. Huh? He, uh, a couple, a couple drinks with him, and next thing you know, uh, he's going to fantasy camp, and your parents got to be there. So yeah, let's talk. Let's talk to you, Eric, for a second. And Eric, we'll get to you in your you know moment of glory in a little bit. But uh, Eric, you signed up for camp this year. You really did, did it not you know a, about a month and a half before camp started. Uh, you walk into camp. Tell us about your experience at camp. So first of all, you know I'll start off and like Mike Mike touched on it. The, the friends that you make there are you know. I can relate it to when I was in the Air Force during Desert Storm. You know, you get to be really good friends with people quick. Um, definitely being 
with this group of guys and, you know, all having that in common, baseball Cubs being that, uh, you know, tight for playing together. You know, I think, like you said, how many innings we played. Uh, good good friends, you know. I mean, we've been uh, one of the guys on our team, you know, he's already, we're going out for a beer next week. And, um, you know, there was an email going around. So it's been a, a lot of really good friendships made there. Um, it, it was mesmerizing, you know. I mean, I didn't know what to expect. I had a little bit, you know, insight from the McVicker guys, but... I walked in and it's, you know, as much as you mentally can prepare and I've done some cool things and I, you know, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not, an, you know, I don't impress easily. I was impressed, yeah. you know, walking in there, see your, you know, your uniform hanging up there, number nine. And who, tell us who was on each side of you, which is yeah. pretty cool. And, and Leon Durham uh, to my right. And I had Jody Davis right in front of me. <laughs> nice. And uh, I'm like, wow, you know, back in 87, Bobby Deneer's my coach, you know, DeSarge. I'm like, this is like heaven, you know, I mean, and, uh, it was just, it was, it was the coolest thing I've ever done. One of the coolest things I've ever done. And, and it was, uh, I'm still sore, but it was worth every bit of it. I'm, I'm definitely addicted and going back. And tell, tell the listeners about like, I mean, you're, you're in pretty good shape, way better than me and better than Eric, my brother, McVicker over there. But, uh, you know, you, you went in there pretty confident, like this was not going to be you know, a big deal. Right. And tell us about how you felt yeah, midweek, I, you know? <laughs> so, so the one thing they all, everybody has in common is that, you know, We'll never ever be pros or you know major leaguers. I mean, it's it, there's such a disparity between, you know. I'm like I'm gonna kill it out there. I was, and once I, you know, same experience that Mike had on the phone. You know, I mean, I had, you know, slider come in. I'm like, oh my gosh. I mean, you know, I, I was hitting through Wednesday, like 9:22. Then I didn't have a great Thursday, and you know, Saturday, three strikes and I was you know done. You know, I'm pretty I'm, I'm pretty positive Bobby told uh told him to humble me a little bit. Uh, but, uh, you know, it, it was it was really cool. I, I mean, the, the thing that was, you know, most exciting, our team had, you know, a couple injuries, um, two guys. One guy fell on his back. One guy slipped in the shower. So, uh, you know, we were playing with three outfielders. So there was a whole lot of running, a whole lot of diving, um, you know, and, and Bobby's like, you can't play that hard. He, I go, the very first game, I'm, you know. Because you're diving everywhere. Oh, right? yeah. 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 Three yeah. outfielders. Yeah. Normally you play. Right. So right. you do play with four outfielders. Yeah, that like is softball, a, you know. But um, this for two games we had three, you know three outfielders was rough and that that really wore me down for Wednesday and I'm still hurting for certain. I have a question for any of the four of you, based on the numbers that we I didn't go we're, that we saw coming back on Facebook and stuff. Were you batting off a T? <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't hit that while playing Xbox baseball. Yeah. I you know I mean nine hundred. Stu, you were like at six seven hundred. Eric. McVicker was over a thousand, oh. which is impossible. <laughs> but he did it. I mean, these are huge. I tell, I, I was, t- I, I was telling Hartman. I said, Hartman, you can't count like the errors, man. You know, that's that you, you know, these. If he gets on base, it's a hit. That's not the way it works. So man. the one thing I'll tell everybody is, there's nothing routine about a pop fly when you're 47 playing baseball, right? I mean, there's nothing. So, so if it's a fielder's choice, it was counted. That's all there is to that. So right. Eric, you're, Eric, how old are you? 47. Okay, veteran Mike, how old are you? I'm 57. You're 57. So, and how many camps have you been to, Mike, the veteran there? This is this is my third. This is my third one. Awesome. So, third one. So, tell us, like, how? I mean, being you know a little bit older, how, how's your body feel like midweek? You know. <laughs> well, so one of the things you will learn, uh, as both of the McVicker brothers have learned, and Eric now learns, is you prepare more for your your veteran camp than your rookie camp. 
Um, I, I've told people have asked me over the years about it. And I say you can be in the best shape possible, but baseball shape is different. It's the stopping and starting that gets it right. Most guys feel it in their calves and their quads because, you know, you break from the box. You, you hold up at first, you make a, whether you're playing infield or outfield, you do those short two or three second sprints that you just don't do. If you're on the elliptical, if you're doing a treadmill, if you're on an next, you know, so being physically in shape is one thing, but being in baseball shape, right? Your hands start to hurt from the hitting, um, you know, all those other things that you just literally, unless you continue to play baseball, you can't prepare for, but you know, spending some time and really getting into shape ahead of time minimizes it. But it brings me to another point that you're kind of leading me into here, Stu, which is one of the other things that Randy and Lori get right. You have access to the actual Cubs clubhouse guys yep. and the Mesa Solar Sox trainers. And the thing you learn top of the line guys, I'm, I'm kidding. They're, they're top of the line. For sure. Yeah. I mean, Otis and those guys are the same guys that take care of Wrigley Field, right? So top of the line guys. And then the trainers, which you learn, like I said, by about Wednesday of your first camp are available to both give you treatment in the morning and at night. And, you know, they, they usually open up about two hours before the morning meeting, uh, which we can talk about a little bit later. And you will see guys like myself and Tony Khan and the Smith brothers and all these people that come year in and year out are in line regardless of how late a night it was the night before to be first to get that table, to get some ice, to get some stretching, to get some massage and all that. And that really helps you both get through the week and helps you make the week after it not quite so bad. And I'm sure, Eric Hartman, when you sat down and made your list for next year, it was hit up that training table as much as possible. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I bumped into someone who was a, a rookie this year, and I, they, they said they ran 15 marathons last year. So I'm like, 15 marathons? How do you feel? My quads are killing me. I'm like, oh, yeah. there's just, I mean, you just feel, you know, like it's you said, the starting and the stopping, you know, it's rough. Yeah, it's a different, it's a different set of muscles yeah. that you use in a different way. I mean, I, my only complaint when the camp was over is that, can you give us a day off in the middle? You know, I was like, <laughs> can we do a golf day on Wednesday? Yeah, well, yeah, uh, that was my that was my idea, Stu. I actually floated it by Lori last year. I said, take Wednesday, make it a golf tournament. You've got always got 18 coaches, right? You've got the 16 that are coaching the eight teams plus Randy. And in the old days, it used to be Glenn Beckard. And now it's kind of peppy. That's kind of the coach emeritus. So you could have a coach on each one of the 18 holes and, you know, spend a day and do something like that. And. Lori's response to me, and God bless her, was after 36 years, Randy's not changing anything. No, and you know what? Randy wants to—he wants you to go through that week playing 10 games. Yep. You know, he I'm wants sure to put your body through up. it. Yep, I'm sure if you went up to him and asked him, he'd say, "We don't want no blooming days off and get your flipping fanny out there and play ball because we didn't have Wednesday off when I was in training camp." So yeah, and Eric, you were pretty good at camp, man. You 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 went there in shape too. You uh, you were going to the bedding cages and practicing yeah, I mean, and got well, new bats and gloves. Well, and, well going back to uh, William's question, I mean, uh, they got the they got really nice pitching machines, you know. And pretty much, you know, back in the day when they first started doing this camp, I think they did uh, player pitch, you know. And then they found out that you know there's not you know these guys can't throw, you know. So 
let's make it funner and let's do it do it off a pitching machine and we'll run the we'll, we'll run the pitching machine at 60 60 65 70 right in that range you know in the beginning of the camp you know they might run it around 60 62 and then maybe in Wednesday they'll turn it up to around 70 you know to make it a little bit more interesting get a little bit more pop off the ball but pretty much like these guys are saying, you know, during during this Randy Hunley, it's boot camp. I mean, you're out there and it's boot camp. It's it's tough. I mean, it's it's a, it's it is draining on your body. I mean, I was surprised my brother could get out of bed on Wednesday morning, but uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I went to the bathroom I think Wednesday and I could barely get up. I was thank God the counter was right next to the toilet because I had to push myself <laughs> up. I mean, I, I I expected to go down. We there didn't and get play, any videos of that. Play baseball and like go out <laughs> at night. I'll tell you what, when you got back to your hotel room, because you basically start at like, your day starts at 7 in the morning and it ends, you know, at 7 at night, basically. You're, you're exhausted. You're physically exhausted. And I, I was always like, man, I, I, you know, I need a breather. Yeah, so great. So granted, <laughs> yeah. I was and in the Air Force. And it's, and, it's a, and it's a good kind of exhaustion, too, though, right? Because we're kind of paying it. I mean, it, it doesn't turn into a mash unit out there. You know, it's you're. It's that kind of good pain that you have, but it's uh, you, no. you definitely prepare for no. your second, third, and fourth <laughs> camp a little bit different yeah. than the first. But one of the things, and I'm I'm sure when Eric Hartman heard you describe it, Ra- Randy got thrown a curveball this year, which made it even more of a bit of a marathon. So normally, the Cubs would do their minor league instructional camp following the end of the season. So after the minor league season, they'd bring all the minor leaguers in and do a week or two of instructional camp. Well, this year they decided to do it last week and this week. So we didn't get on the fields. I don't know, uh, the McVicker brothers, if Eric told you this, we didn't get on the fields until noon every day and we played back to back. So we played 14 innings in about four hours. So while it made made the mornings a little bit easier after a few too many cocktails, but boy, by the time there were, by the time you got through inning number 14, people were hobbling back to the clubhouse. That's what I, that's what I was wondering. You know, I talked to a couple of campers and they actually said that having back to back games actually did them a favor because you didn't have that, that little break where your muscles tense up or, you know, get, right. get relaxed. Yeah. So, I mean, it might have helped some people out and it could have, you know, it would have been you know, tougher in other ways as well. I thought of, I, I felt like I was more mentally tired by about the fifth inning of the second game because you don't want to let your teammates down. You want to do well. There's people both filming it and taking pictures, you know, and so you're you're trying to do well and – you know, I'm I'm old and, uh, you know, can barely concentrate on, you know, watching a game on TV, letting alone playing 14 innings. And as Stu was saying, the teams are small. If you sit one or two innings a game, that's a lot. So you're I mean, you're literally out you're, playing, there you're playing, you're playing, you're playing. You're yeah. not hiding. Oh, I, wanted, I, wanted to, I wanted to hide in the corner of the dugout a couple of times and you can't have a pinch runner. Oh, I would have loved to. <laughs> well, we need to talk about pinch running in a little bit. How many, like, Eric, how many times a pinch run did you have this year? A pinch runner? None. Oh, nice. nice. None. That's good. Right, Mike? But but yeah. I mean, the, the one thing about having the two games back to back is, you know, from what I heard from, you know, the McVicker brothers, you guys were saying last year what it was like, you know, we didn't have to be at the team meeting till 930. That was that was kind of cool, you know, and, you know, you know, Eric, you had just said it was like boot camp. I promise you this was more difficult than the Air Force boot camp. I promise you. <laughs> I've, I've been there, done that. And this was I mean, I literally 
had to like put my socks on Wednesday. Wednesday by Wednesday, I was like, wow, this is brutal. I mean, every I didn't even know I had muscles yeah. in my toes. My toes were killing me because you're running in the outfield on your feet, you know. Oh. So you're oh, brutal, brutal. But you guys were Absolutely. staying at the Sheridan this year, which is the nicest hotel I've ever had. Like we were staying at the Holiday Inn, and Mike, what was the famous hotel in Mesa that the camp? You guys, well, back in the day. It was that the, the Do- uh, Dobson Ranch Dobson, Inn. Yes, yeah. The first one. And it, oh my gosh, like I stayed there just because I wanted to check Dobson Ranch Inn out like a couple years ago. It's a total dump. <laughs> yep. Back in the day, it was probably one of the nicest hotels around. You yeah. Know? yeah, it was. You know, there was some, I'll, I'll be honest with you, Stu, there was a lot of goods to the hotel, meaning the rooms were nice, the bar was nice, the pool side was nice. But there was also, again, as a lot of the, uh, returning campers will tell you it was a lot like we couldn't Randy couldn't do the hospitality suite this year for those of you that don't know Ooh, yeah, yeah. Randy would get one of the rooms by the pool and fill it with beer and booze and chips and snacks and so you basically were drinking Randy's beer all night um, and and, shared it and who, was the, who's the, who was the guy that ran that room the, the hospitality the, the suite Ron, Ron, Ron Hoyle What's his Ron, name? Ron, yeah, Ron, Ron Hoyle, the awesome guy, guy, dude, great awesome guy. guy. Yeah, and so you know there was that. So it was we had we obviously we did our share of drinking, but you did it in the bar, and instead of it being Randy's money, you were spending your own on it. You know, another and thing that uh, we need to mention too is that what's nice is that after the game, when you get back to the hotel, you know, you all meet up at the bar and. They replay the games on the TVs, and to, to me, it looked like they had better video quality than they have yeah. had in the past. Yeah, they, it, it was. They, they, it was much nicer um, as well. But there was just, and again, one of the traditions of uh, fantasy camp is the Saturday night karaoke. Um, I don't oh, know. I heard how, Eric was out there this year. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how the tradition. I think we got started. a video of that. <laughs> yes, we do. But, they, but this that year they was made us texted the throwaway, delete it. I couldn't take Neil Diamond one more song. This year they made us stop at midnight, where the other places that were maybe not quite as nice, but didn't have quite as many rules. Exactly. So we so sacrificed a little bit, right? Yeah, went on till one or two o'clock. So yeah. you know there were plus. It's really nice to stay at a nice place. The best part of it truly was the fact that you could walk to Sloan Park. And, you know, if you've ever sat through the Monday meeting with Randy or the Sunday night, it's how tough the DUI laws are in Arizona. And the fact that we were basically able to take that off the table, because the other thing that you do is after the games, the locker room attendants make sure that the coolers are stocked with beer and other assorted drinks. And you go up to the rooftop and you sit up on the rooftop or you sit in the locker room with the major leaguers and they tell stories. So you've had a few beers in you by the time you head back to the hotel. And it's a lot better that people were able to walk back to the hotel than have to hop in rental cars. So there's pluses and minuses to the shared. And I think overall more pluses than minuses. All right. I'm going to give uh, my four favorite parts of fantasy camp. And I'm going to let each one of you tell what happens that particular my favorite part was walking in to the you know, locker room which by the way you don't get to use the the cubs locker room unfortunately you're using like the minor league locker room definitely not a lot of ventilation in there you get all those sweaty men in there it's it's, not, it's nothing pretty out there right eric i mean yeah, well, yeah, you like have to visitor, watch the visitor locker room or whatever it is yeah it's uh, yeah it's it's tight in those quarters so i wish you got the cubs locker room either but you walk in there's different uh there's like three or four different types of sunflower seeds there's bubble gum 
And yep. like, there's coolers full of beer, and there's you know, I, that was an amazing uh, thing just to see. Like, they're thinking about the little things. So, I mean, I, I thought it was pretty cool. You had your choice of three, four different types of seats, you know. But yep. Eric, I want you to tell us. Uh, I want you to tell everybody about night one. So night one, you check into the hotel. This is one of my favorite parts. Part of the four. Uh, tell us about like night one when you when you get there, you check in the hotel room. What happens night one? Night one is uh, is kind of nice because you go you go in there, you, you've already had a couple of drinks, but then you get to find out who you, who your coaches are, you know. So you so you you, you don't know what going into it who's going to be your coaches and who's going to be on your team. So pretty much it's a meet and greet, and uh, and then you you know Randy gets up there and you know uh, calls out your name and you know, who, who who you're going to be playing with. So it's it's, it's exciting, you know. Well, yeah, it's exciting because you walk in the room and you're, you're like, you don't know, because they change out coaches from year to years. And uh, so, you, you know, you don't know who's going to coach you, you, you know, you're, and you're going to meet all these new people that are because, like, me and Eric are friends with, you know, our teammates. We still talk to them this day. Dave Astachio, the best uh, shortstop ever, you know. Besides Joey Banks. Besides oh, Joey, jo- oh, Joey Banks, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but uh, yeah, it's just it's a wonderful it's a icebreaker basically, and then yep. uh, you find out who your coaches are, and they introduce you like you know uh, you're you know. But uh, you starting. know, I tell you what, you know the coaches that they do have right now. I mean, now's the time to hit. If you guys are a part of your, if this is you know where this is our age bracket, forty and up, thirty five and up, it's eighty back. You know, your eighty four Cubs. You know, because uh, if yeah, I mean it's. You know, yeah, well, you know what? That's a, I mean, I, I wanted to do the Randy Henley camp because, you know, eventually, you know, Randy's not going to be here forever. So I think it's awesome, you know, that Randy started the camp. He uh, and he's done an unbelievable job and he's he has created a family and he really truly has. But and I kind of want the, my second favorite part to be covered by uh, both Mike and Eric over here about I think the funnest part of camp is the morning meeting. So let's talk about the morning meeting a little bit. So one of the rules, there are very few rules at camp, but one of the rules is what happens at camp stays at camp, right? So they ask while Randy, as part of the video service, will videotape the morning meetings, they ask that we not videotape with our cell phones because, and once you've gone to several camps, they a lot of the players all have their go-to stories. But what really happens is you kind of review the previous day's games. So each of the coaches will get up and it's usually relatively critical where fines are handed out and they're five dollar fines for going to the batter's box without your helmet or, you know, overrunning, running through a sign at third and all the money goes to charity. We've been supporting the last few years. There's a dog shelter in the kitty corner at Sloan Park, and it goes that. So that goes on in the morning meetings, and it's where there's some good-natured ribbing. And then Randy goes to a, to each one of the players over the course of the five days, and they kind of have a go-to story. It's the the Ray the Ray Burris Mexican food story, or oh, yeah. Jose Card Jose Cardinal tells his ham and egg story, or whatever it's going to be, or Pepe tells the Queenie story. And even though many of us have heard them multiple times, you bust a gut laughing. You you really you really get a, a flavor for these guys, and it's where you can really get to see their personality. I mean, you get it on the field, but it's where you really find out, you know, who's the prankster and who's the. Uh, for those that were at the Ryan Sandberg camp, if I can tell a really quick story, this is where we learned that. Ryan Sandberg, who is notorious for his practical jokes, 
is just that. So in the morning meetings, Randy goes around and has each one of the coaches, how'd your team do? And so, and Bobby and Sarge are always together. And so it was, sorry, and this was, Ryan didn't come until later in the week. He was only there for a couple days because he kind of came and replaced Fergie, who couldn't coach because his wife was sick. And so Ryan gets there on Thursday morning and really hadn't said a word other than Randy introducing him. And so Sarge stands up to tell it, and all of a sudden the cell phone goes off in his pocket. Sarge takes out the phone and just, you know, hits uh, not accept and puts it back in his pocket. Starts to tell a story. His phone goes off again. He hits mute, puts it back in his pocket. Starts to tell a story. The third time it goes off, and of course now everybody's just giving him crap. He pulls out the phone and looks at it, and it's Sandberg on the other side of the table had been calling him <laughs> to disrupt his speech, and Sandberg is just completely laughing, and that's kind of where we all know that while he's the Hall of Famer and while he's the face of that 84 team, he's the kind of guy that'll give you a hot foot in a minute just to get a laugh. So that's what morning meetings are. It's a chance for them to tell stories, and it's where we as campers really get to know them as people. It, it's glorious. I want to ask Eric Hartman. Eric, uh, you got to tell us how you uh, got Joe Pepitone fine because that was brilliant, my brother. <laughs> so, so that was – it was innocent. You know, they haven't had – since we were staying at the Sheridan, those little uh, scooters haven't been around very long. This was the first year it's a thing. So is it like so, – so when you say the scooters around, was there – you could rent them? Right? Yeah, so it's like an Uber app. And, you know, instead of doing ride, you click on this, this, you, you take them anywhere, you park them, you know, so, so after about Tuesday, kind of like the blue bikes, downtown Chicago. Yeah. Same thing as like, yeah, the blue bikes in Chicago, except it's a, a battery scooter. So, you know, Tuesday I'm like, man, that's a long walk to Sloan. You know, I see a bunch of scooters. I'm going to take one. So I get over there and there was, there was probably a half a dozen outside the hotel. And then there was a bunch inside Cubs camp. Well, we go to the meeting on Wednesday or yeah, Tuesday. And they said, hey, Cubs don't want to see any more scooters on their property. They're banned. The next morning we woke up and they were all gone. So there was one, though, sitting right now. So we, we were told that they're banned because before it was kind of not an issue because they never had to deal with it. So I see, uh, see Joe sitting there. I go, hey, let me get your picture. Uh, why don't you stand on that thing? He goes, I'll kill myself. I'm like, hey, you'll be fine. You know, so if you notice, it's right next to the picture of him. He's right up against the wall. Yeah, right. He don't have far to fall. Yeah. So somebody else, I, I, I we have, there was a couple of us standing outside, and uh, you know, it was it was great because it is a little bit of a hike from the Sheridan with with Sorquaz and everything. So it was brilliant. Like whoever came up with this these scooter things, yeah. But then they banned him, so it was back to walking the long distance over there. Yeah, and you, and then you took a picture of him wearing it. I took I a mean, picture, picture of it. Not it's not yeah, wearing it. There was a couple of us that. Um, Took a few pictures of them and they printed out on Thursday. And then uh, Randy fined him, I think, a hundred bucks for for being on the scooter at the. Oh, yeah. uh, that's camp. probably the first time Pepitone ever got fined. In that place. He didn't pay it. Oh no, he's not going to pay it. <laughs> <No. but. laughs> he didn't pay it. Well, yeah, when when, I, when we booked him, he's like, uh, I, I told him we had some fans that were coming out of Colorado, uh, and he's like, Oh, do I owe money or something? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Pepitone's a character, as you know, Mike. Uh, but uh, my third favorite part, which Mike, uh, back in the day. Um, you know, it was the big thing, the, the barbecue. I think it's either on, was it Wednesday or Thursday night? Thur Thursday night. Thursday night. Now, back um, at the Dobson, when it was old school, those guys used to bust out barbecue grills, and the players used to cook and, and you know, serve you the food. N nowadays, recently, you know, they cater it and everything like that. But uh, tell us about, uh, you, you guys were there this year, obviously. Tell us about this year's Thursday night, which is a highlight, one of the highlights. See, my, my, all my highlights are outside of the. 
They are. But, <laughs> Stu, I completely agree. I First of all, you're spot on. I tell everybody those actual four hours that you're playing baseball is the, the, the least cool part of the week. <laughs> and it's awesome. That tells you what the rest of it is. Yeah. So, yeah, back in the day, and it also ties into when the Cubs used to play at Ho-Ho Cam or Fitch, uh, they didn't have the facilities to accommodate it. And so literally they break out the barbecue grills and the players. And of course, this will make any Cub fan weep. You know, back in those days, it was Billy and Ronnie and Ernie, right, that were doing the cooking for you, along with Randy and Fergie. Yeah, yeah. You know, now it's those 80 because most of those guys are gone or like Billy can't get to camp anymore. So they would literally, you know, have the aprons on and flip burgers. Now it's uh, they have it catered in, but it's a chance. And at this point, the families can come as well. So if you've got the family, best part, I think your families come after you. After you get your, you know, most people's dream is to do this. And then, yeah. you, and then you've been through the grind for four days, you know, yep. and then your family comes. Right. And, yeah, they're, and, and so, they're sharing this with you. Right. That's yeah, the best part. And so then you can you get the pleasure as a camper to introduce your wife, your your folks, your kids to you know, you know, Sally Sue, this is Fergie Jenkins or, you know, this is Randy Huntley or you get it. I mean, that that that's you can't put a price tag on that. No, it's, it's that's a, that's one of my favorite nights. It really yeah. is. That's uh, it's not very formal. It's what you know, you just hang out and, you know, pull pull beers from the kegerator. And uh, that's a great yep. night. My, my next one is I'm going to focus on McVicker over here. Uh, the third my third favorite thing is basically the game at Sloan Park, all right? So our coaches, when we were, at, uh, when we were there last year, Eric, who were our coaches? We had uh, Bob Hollery and uh, Todd Hunley. And, and then Randy stepped in a little bit. Yeah, too, and then Randy was so. around us a lot, yeah. So, I mean, it was, uh, it was a fun, you know, I mean, it was I, – what I wanted, my, my experience out there is I kind of like, – when I went out there, I kind of just acted like I was a ball player. So, I mean, I'd go out there and do my job during the day, and then at nighttime I would hoop it up not – you know, and have fun with the with the other. So campers. like an early seventies, uh, eighties ball player, not like yeah. the new ones that yeah. go home and work <laughs> like out. You know? I wanted to live it up to the fullest, you know. <laughs> so I, yeah, I, I, I kind of pushed my limits every night, but you know, I got up the next morning, and you know, during the team meetings, that's when I would take my little break. In. I always liked that because I could sit down for an hour and you know relax before we had to get up and do it all over again. But, but yeah, I mean, we went out on Friday night and we had a coaches. Which meeting. is the co- no, that's the, uh, oh, the your the dinner, team yeah. dinner, your team dinner. So. Someone on the team uh, takes control and plans a, a dinner for the whole entire team and the coaches, and then you pay for the coaches that night. So, like, when we went, we went to uh, Don and Charlie's, uh, which is a famous place, which is, hey, my spring training tip for uh, this year is make sure you hit Don and Charlie's because I believe next year will be no more, and yep. that is a famous spot in Arizona. So that's my... 2019 spring training thing. Go to Don and Charlie's. So but, while we were at Don and Charlie's, you know. Yeah, Eric, uh, Eric's lubed up a little had, bit. I had Bob Hollery sitting at my table and Todd sitting at the other table. And I've got a couple drinks in me. And I turned to Bob and I said, Bob, you know. Bob Hollery. When I get when I get up to the bat tomorrow, I want to see what a real fastball is all about. You know, and Stu's like, oh, dude, why do you got to always talk so much shit? You know, I'm like, dude, I'm just, I was just joking around, you know. And Bob's laughing and shit like that, you know. So Stu turns to Bob and says, Bob. Let me do. Let me do. Your, let's do. Let's let's make a bet here. If you strike my brother out, I will give you and Todd a hundred dollars to you guys as both your charities. You know. So the and, and and he's like, you're on, man. You're on. So 
the next day, another, another thing I got to bring up, the fact that me and Stu, we had a $500 bet going into oh, this. Shit. Who would have the better betting? Oh, average? shit. And I still haven't gotten paid for it. Oh, oh, the, boy. the better betting oh, average, boy. yeah. Uh, the, he, Eric won the better betting average, but... Uh, but yeah, as, as Saturday came around, you know, I'm, I'm you know, I'm everyone's nervous, nervous as it is, you know. So I'm, it's my turn to get up to bat, and I'm batting before. So what, 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 uh, the main game on Sloan Field, right? Um, it happens because I mean we weren't even sure Bobby was going to pitch against you, Eric. You know, so I'm behind Eric. Eric's in front of me. Eric's going up to the plate after talking major shit the night before at the dinner to Bob Howery about he, how he's going to hit him and stuff. And I'm like, oh, my God, Eric's in for a, a night. This is going to be quick, okay? This, this is going to be painful. Eric, what happened? So, so, oh, he so loves I, to tell this freaking so, story. So, so right? I get up to the plate, you know, and, and, and I got it on video, you know. I got Todd's like, you know, he, he's, he's busting my ball. So, so I, get, I get in the box, and I'm swinging my bat. Like, you know, I'm, telling, I'm telling Bob Hollery, okay? I'm like, all right, Bob, I'm ready for you. Todd gets up. He, he, he stops the game completely and goes up to the pitcher's mound and says, hey, this, we got a $100 bet on this guy, man. We got to strike this guy out, you know? So I told everybody. It's 100% true. I, saw I told it, everybody really. before I was going, getting up to the bat, I'm like, I am not going to swing at this first pitch because I don't want to, you know, I don't want to blow my load on this first pitch. So I'm not going to swing, you know? So sure as shit, as these guys are like giving me, giving me problems, you know, they're like, they're busting my balls here. I was like, First pitch I get, he throws me a slider low and outside, and sure shit, I, I swing and I miss, you know. So the next pitch, I was like, I am not going to swing at this pitch, and, and and it dove down, and it was nice and low. But to me, it looked like it would have been a strike, but it was low, looking at it on videotape. And then the next pitch, he, throws it, long this he throws it high, 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 and t- high and outside, and I just crushed it out to the outfield, right in, oh. right in the gap. And clean, got my, got my first hit. Got my first hit of the uh, fancy camp that I'll never forget. That was, was, that was a highlight of mine. Yeah, the highlight. And you know what? I've heard it. I've seen it. It's been repeated. What happened, what happened to you then after that? Yeah, well, then oh, well, he mentioned you were the next batter. Then he turns to me and he says, I love my brother. I really do. But I was like, holy shit. Why not? Why him and not me? You know, that's what I thought. Right. So I'm like, I was like, man. Now I know I'm screwed because I'm the second man picker. You know, coming up right after. Yeah, that, yeah. Was, that was my favorite thing was the the big the big game on Saturday. They do an auction. One thing that's cool. Some of the guys that have been going to the camp for like 25, 30 years. They they raffle off or they they auction. Uh, <clears throat> you can play their inning. So our team took second place. So in the championship, uh, this last year we had we took we were the fourth place team. We played the first place team, and they they had won seven in a row. It's a good thing it was the first game or we wouldn't have energy in the second game. But we 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 beat them. Then we lost the second game, so we took second place. So you win. What you're playing for all week is what inning you're going to play in. So there's one you know eight eight teams eight innings. You only get one at bat. You only get one time to field. You know so it's limited. I got real lucky. I won the auction. I got to play the first and the second inning. So right. it was great, you know, but but it it is absolutely so. The first inning, uh, I don't know if uh Wayne Mazur, he, he's Saints. Yeah, yeah, he does that was that's phenomenal, you know, to sit there with the, you know, with the jersey on, you're looking over the field, you know. Call it, your, just calling your name up. Yeah. Call your name. It's just spectacular, you know. And then, you know, honored to play two innings. I'll tell you, I, I know McVicker hasn't busted my chops on this one yet, but so I get I get a the first inning they literally stopped the game because he, you know, Randy didn't tell me to run out there because he's like, hey, you, you, you know, you're playing in the first inning. We didn't. I that was when I won. Right. So uh, 
So I'm, I'm sitting in the stands with my parents. I'm like, oh, geez, you know, I'm, just, I'm not even ready for this. You know, I didn't even know. So I run out to the, I'm, I'm playing left field. And uh, so Bobby Denier didn't go out in the, in the field. He sat so I could play. So I get out there and Willie's to my other side. And uh, all of a sudden, everybody decides, because you, you, when you're, when you're out playing on the coach's team, on the coaching coach's team, you play through all the batters. So I have like, I got to be out here for 10 or 11 slots, right, you know. Left field, you know, line drive comes right. I mean, super duper routine. But I'm like, I just huffed it down to the to the field. Base hit right, you know, through the third base and shortstop, right under my legs. And I'm like, that that first, like, I, I'm like, are you kidding me? First, so so not only did I strike out in my big game, I also made the biggest oh, blooper man. of the week. I I, should, I, 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 I that saved one. that for the podcast, there, buddy. But, uh, <laughs> that's a, that's a good one. in the Buckner play yeah. and all that. Other yeah, stuff with that. <laughs> so, but I did the ne- the very next play, line drive, caught that one, and then a pop fly. So, but I, it's it's nerve wracking being out there. You, what, you know, it, uh, going on the uh, the infield, you know, you think the dirt would be nice and soft, but it's not. I mean, you. At you all. slide on that. I mean, it 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 tears you apart. That's. I mean, the the highlight is playing on the playing on the yeah. major league field. Uh, no bad hops, you know. And we've seen plenty of those early in the weeks. But uh, Mike, tell us too um, on on that uh, on the game. Um, what what was your best moment? Because you've done it a couple of years. Have you got a couple of big hits? And uh, you 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 guys went undefeated the year uh, last year, correct? Yeah. So yes. So first, obviously. In the 36, how do I say this delicately? Randy does everything possible to not lose to the campers. Yeah, so the big thing is this, you guys. The, Randy takes that game dead seriously. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it means something to him. So go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, no. That, that's absolutely right. Randy is very competitive. And they, uh, until last year, they had only lost once to the campers. And I don't remember the story, but it was let's say many, many years ago. So Randy, there's a couple things that go on, right? There's also a couple minor leaguers. It's not just 70 year old guys on the bench. This year, there were a couple minor leaguers that uh, came in. Um, One of them, I think was Ron Davis's son, who was one of the new coaches this year. Um, Plus, uh, you can certainly tell, because both Bob Howery and Mike Wirtz, who they bring into pitch, are both still capable of delivering major league speed besides Ray Burris and his Snapdragon. So, <laughs> right. right. So, um, you know, Randy takes it very seriously and we all knew, so I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself here. So last year I was very fortunate. Our team that I was on with Fergie and uh, junior Jose Cardinal, we actually were undefeated during the, we were 10 and 0. So we got to play in the first inning and the campers won. So we were the only team ever to go 11 and 0. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's camp. awesome. So that's that, a big that deal. was last year. That's like, a big deal. Mike wouldn't even really talk to me last year. He's like, like you know, oh, we're 11 and 0. I can't talk to you, uh, 6 and 4 guy, you know. <laughs> that, 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 that's right. I think I referred to you guys as scrubs. I'm not sure. I think I think I called it scrub 400. I think that's how arrogant I was. Um, so so uh, we all knew, all the returning campers knew that there was not a hope in you-know-what of us winning this year, and it was very obvious. So Bob Howery threw the first three innings, and uh, he was throwing just his kind of normal, not his normal, but normal camp, you know, 70-mile-an-hour 70 70 fastball. And, 
you know, we we as campers scored a few runs in those first few innings. Then he brought in Ray. I allowed one of those, by the way, so you can help me. <laughs> yes. Well, and that's what Bob has always pitched to me in the past. Bob and I, I'm fortunate to call Bob a friend now, and many of those coaches friends now after camps. Yeah. But then he brought in Ray, who, as I described earlier, took great delight in throwing snapdragons to all of us. And then uh, for the last few innings, and the, and the coaches slowly pulled away. It was kind of back and forth for the first four innings. Then the coaches kind of slowly pulled away and were up by seven or eight. And any inning where we would score a run, Mike Wirtz would come in and was throwing much closer to his major league MPH than he was to uh, camp speed like he threw last year. Because Randy was, you know, blooming going to make sure that there was no way the flipping campers uh, ever won. But you, you had started this, Stu, by asking what's my favorite moment. And actually, believe it or not, my, fav- my favorite moment from the Saturday game was this year was literally looking out at Ray Burris, Ray calling me by my name, Ray making me look like a fool. And so I also then, since I was the leadoff hitter, ran out to left field where Bob Howry, as I said, who's become a real good friend, I walked out to, to left field and Bob literally, and I'd like to check the video, fell down on the ground because he was laughing so hard at how stupid I looked out there. And to, to me, that was, believe it or not, was a special moment because, and I think that would be my closing thing to anybody that's considering Cubs camp. These guys become your friends. These major leaguers are so uh, warm to you. Now, I have the added, I always, because I'm always working on my charity, I always get contact information from these guys. And so I do stay in touch. But these guys literally become your friends. Bob Howery's become a friend to the point where he can roll around in the outfield slapping his knee because I look like I had never picked up a baseball bat before. And that's, that's to me, the essence of camp. These major leaguers, these guys that we all idolize, become your friends to the point where they feel free to fling as much shit at you as they know you can take. Ray Burris, Ray Burris knew he could make me look like a fool, and I'd laugh just as hard as he would laugh. I'll tell you what. If I was on Ray Burris's team and I cared about the campers, I would have made sure we went out for Mexican Friday night. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Rightly so. Well, you know, I'll tell you, the uh, – you know the the one cool thing was I got you know last. Well, night, yeah, we're okay on time. Okay, we're gonna finish this off right. We got we still have the fourth and final. Okay, Bob. <laughs> last night, Bobby didn't hear text me. You know, to me, and I was like, whoa, how cool is that? I missed a call from Sarge. I told my wife, I'm like, you're important, honey. I I missed a call. I was on the phone with you, Sarge. You know, to get a cell phone call from those two guys when I, you know back in '87, they were like my idols. I mean, I went to 30 games that year, so stuff like that that makes it that that's my most. You know, my biggest takeaway is you do become friends with some of these guys, and Absolutely. they're really good guys. I'll tell you what, Randy Huntley better send me a check for this hour infomercial for him, okay? I mean, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> so our, my, my last and final um, uh, Saturday night, the party. You're done playing, and uh, you all get together for awards. You guys were just there, so uh, fill us in, Eric and Mike. Go ahead, Eric. You started out. You know, for um, – Randy's just one of the nicest, classiest guys I've ever met, you know, and to see uh, some of the, there was, you know, there was a gentleman there who, uh, you know, had, had Parkinson's. He was out there. Um, Randy recognized him for, you know, just, you know, having, having, 
you know, enough fortitude to go out there and try to play, you know, it was on his bucket list to do. And he did it, you know, 60 year old, 65 year old guy with Parkinson's and we all rallied behind him, you know, and, um, there was, there was, uh, you know, some funny stories. Wayne told some, some more stories. You're there with your family. Um, you're sitting there, you know, a couple, you know, your teammates are on your, uh, your table. So, you know, the, the, the award banquet was great. Um, you know, the, the, the culture that Randy has built through the 35 years of this camp is, yeah, we have fun. Yeah. We, you know, bust each other's chops, but at the end of the day, there was, it was, it was done with just massive integrity. And, you know, when there was this, the, the, the one, uh, guy that got up there, part you know, they, they gave him, he, he, he made an awesome hit, you know, and, and just, it was great to be around a bunch of guys that were, you know, all kind of aligned the same way. And, uh, the awards bank was no different. They did it with, you know, dignity and class. I, I just thought it was the coolest thing in the world. So, and uh, Mike, uh, the, and if your listeners are wondering, man, there's actually the, we, the gr- girls play in this league, and they're darn good. Mike, tell us about the regulars. Uh, the first of all, about, out of the hundred campers, sixty of them are pretty much regulars, maybe yeah. a little less. But uh, let's talk about the girl campers, because man, those girls kick ass. I'm not lying. Oh. Like, I don't want to leave them out. So you give me the the main ones. I know they're most of their names, but I don't want to leave one out. Yeah, so the kind of the two staples are Beth Chaplin, who is a, a, a voiceover and commercial actress from Minneapolis, and uh, Robin Peterson. And Robin was on our team last year, and the this best, year at the best. I love Robin. Had signed up this year, but had a had some issues and and was was not able to play. But she was at camp and cheering us on. And then every year there's one or two, and this year. Uh, Chris McLaren, who is a Chicago cop, uh, came with her daughter and her wife, and they, she is about four foot ten, and Chris, if you're listening to this, and I'm mischaracterizing your height, I, but she's a little spark plug who caught and played second base and was just a fire plug out there and made the most of Phenomenal. her first camp. And she and I had actually hooked up on Facebook about six months ago through the Randy thing. And she kept asking me questions about equipment. So I knew she was excited, but every, uh, believe me, if they did a ranking of the 90 campers, all three of those ladies would be in the top 50% of the campers. They, all of them are there because they can play and none of them are there just to be, I mean, they're there just to be there, but all three of those ladies can friggin' play. So, girls, you know, you want to play baseball with the major leaguers? You can sign up, too. I mean, the girls will make it so much fun to have those guys there. And uh, a lot of good times with Robin throughout, you know. I got to hang out with here at Club 400. And uh, so, uh, our, so th- that night, there's different awards given out, obviously trophies for each uh, for first couple places, correct? Yeah, so you get and and it's the beauty of it. And mine is sit, literally sitting down here in my office as I talk to you guys. It's the cheapest, most plastic trophy. Most little league trophies are better than this trophy, and it's the best thing in my office. And it's the same trophy year in and year out. So we all joke that Randy must have bought, you know, a pallet about 20 years ago, you know, and he just changes the engraving on the front of it. So the winning team gets this trophy. Everybody gets a baseball signed by all the coaches. I have all of mine again here in my office and they're great memories. And it, and at that point, your coaches get up and they introduce their team and they've got a little thing to say about each one of you, a highlight, a low light, 
a personality trait, and it's really just a beautiful way uh, to end the week. It it, it kind of gives everybody that you know, that swan song, if you will. And then, you know, it's that hour after, you know, Randy thanks everybody and tells them they're going to see him next year. Nobody wants to leave the room, right? Everybody's it's hanging depressing. out. It's depressing. It's like going on a cruise, you know, that's right. Having that's to get a, off the boat, you know, yeah. that's exactly right. The, the thing that you will notice too, is everybody's writing cell phone numbers down and email numbers down. I mean, we have the team that I was on last year and most of us stayed together this year we have a text string that we've already texted across, you know, 10 times since we've been back. And about every two weeks, somebody will come up with something. It's a, and we've added all of our new members to it. And it really, it's a family. And those people become, they become your friend, like you and Eric, both Eric's are, you know, now my friends, you're right. not just jumpers, you're friends. And you, you, the minute you go again to all you people that are listening that are considering it, and Randy, you can slide me a couple bucks off my tuition for next year. You will, you will instantly get a pool of 60 to 70 like minded people that share your passion for baseball and the Cubs. And you better have room for 60 more people on your Christmas card list. And that's very true, man. It is a family, and uh, that's the best part of it. Yep. So, Eric, uh, I was going to ask you, that when we left that day, we, we talked about, are we, we going to do this thing again? I think uh, we're going to j- join Hartman next year and return. What do you yeah, think? Yeah, you know, I, I, I missed it this year, you know, because I, I didn't, you know. I didn't, Eric hated to miss it, too. I didn't, you know, I didn't really think too no, no, much, much of it. You know, it was something that I know Stu wanted to really do. So when I got an opportunity to do it with Stu, it was the best thing ever, and I and I enjoyed it so much, and 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 then and then I got my buddy Eric Hartman over here, represent hardcore, representing, by the way, and you know donated what? a thousand. Yeah, he donated a thousand dollars to the dog charity thing, and 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 the Club Four Hundred name, and that was that was done on his own, and I just really appreciate you, and thank you for doing that. That was really nice. Yeah, about half of it was donated in Club Four Hundred's name. Yeah, dude, trust me, he donated a lot more at the bar. Okay, but I tell you what, yeah, I mean. Uh, after camp was over, I mean, I could barely move. I could barely, uh, my ankles were so shot. I had to come back and get go to the doctor and get steroids. I, for, uh, I, was, I was out for two weeks. I couldn't walk on my yeah, ankles. he's talking all the shit. And then, you know. <laughs> but I made it through. I made it through. So, yeah. Well, you know, the other, the other thing, too, I think about is, and I, I, I don't, Eric and I, Eric Hartman and I, I know, talked early in the week. But most of the newbies come down either thinking, ah, it's a once in a lifetime thing, or, you know, there were a few people that were back after 10 years. But I would, I, I would guess, I don't have any data to back it up, if there were 40 newbies there, 36 of them left thinking they're coming back next year. It's, it's real addictive. It's, and it's all these things we've spent the last hour talking about. It's all of the things outside the baseball diamond, the family that it creates. And that's, you know, Randy's come up with a great, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, tobacco, caffeine, nicotine kind of addiction, right? You, you don't want to miss next year. And that's what it boils down to. And shout out for him being the original, you know, creator of the fantasy camp that many people try to copycate, but never duplicate, you know. So, uh, all right, Mike. Well, I know you got to get to a basketball game tonight. Thanks for coming on tonight. Really appreciate it. Uh, we're definitely going to play this in the Randy Hunley uh, uh, page here this episode. Uh, so thanks for yeah. coming on, Mike. Eric, the rookie over here. 
Thank you very yeah. much. I had a, Mike, it was great uh, uh, getting to meet you as well, and I appreciated your advice uh, through the week. And I was very disappointed yep. to find out that, uh, unlike the itinerary said, Friday was a free day. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was a free day. I was like, oh, thank I, goodness we I, don't have a game I on Friday. I broke that news to you, wasn't I? Yes, Eric? you were. Yeah. I was sitting there like trying to put on my socks. I'm like, oh, thank goodness we don't have a game on Friday. He goes, everybody looked at me. What are you talking about? And I go, it says free day. Yeah, they mean at night. I'm like, oh, great. <laughs> so see what you're missing at uh, Randy Hunley's Fantasy Camp. you got to try to do that. It's, you know, it's, I'm not going to lie. It's about 58 you know, almost $6,000. But uh, if you can do it one time, you know, and put it on the old yep. plastic, it's worth it. Okay, Cup fans, yep. thanks for tuning in. Randy Hunley Fantasy Camp episode. We're going to do it again next year after I get to see Eric on the field once again. Yeah. And I got to lose right. at least 50 to 60 pounds. Like, William, we got to talk we'll about do that, that weight, weight loss challenge. <laughs> we never finished that. Well, we'll have to discuss That's that right. later. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye.